All right, John, you ready to do a few mailbag questions? I'm ready. All right, let's do it here. Derwin and Cypress is the first one to weigh in. By the way, if you want to email us questions, uh, H-O-U-Mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, Derwin says, Texans passed on offensive talent both times uh, with the last two number one overall picks that they have. If Bryce Young comes off the board, what are the odds Jalen Carter comes our way if they feel they can get a QB at 12, either by trading up or being a guy that could fall that way? John, I'll, I'll expand this because Jalen Carter comes with a different set of encyclopedias right now with his off-the-field stuff and his, his bad pro day. It is possible to have a bad pro day if throwing's not involved. If you're fat and you're out of shape, that's a bad pro day. But what are the odds? I'll just say not Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, non-quarterback at two, um, and they 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 then use 12 to maneuver or stay there and get a quarterback. Is there any chance of that at this point in your mind? No. You being at two. Of course. All the way. All right. Um, Derwin also follows up with, what are some things to do as fans if we go to Astros spring training next year? You and I both went to When you go, Derwin, if you go before they start playing, which I did this year, I'd never done before. I've been when they played games, and when they played games, I like to drink a lot of beer and sit in the stands and watch the prospects. I never cared about watching Altuve and Bregman and those guys. I want to see the guys who are they're going to be counting on in the future. And this year when I went uh, and they were not playing, I was stunned there were not more fans there mm-hmm. because you can get so close to them. They walk right by you. They sign autographs. It's very, very informal. And I had a blast. I mean, I'm standing at a small fence, three feet, three feet from Fromber Valdez throwing off the bullpen mound. There were six mounds, six catchers. And if I wanted to, I could have reached out and touched it. You can't get access like that uh, very often. Now, fans can't get it, but you can still get close enough. So I would highly recommend going to Astro Spring Training, great ballpark. You can walk all the way around it on the inside. Great facilities, plenty of restrooms, good food, great seats. Anybody that uh, likes spring training and then go on the road with them. Yeah. I love going to Jupiter. The Cardinals have a complex in the middle of a neighborhood. Yep. Right across. They've got sports bars, restaurants. You park at the end of those streets and garages, walk down to the restaurant, eat, and walk across the street, and you're in there. Uh, Roger, uh, I can't remember this, Roger, somebody stadium. And uh, I've been to Port St. Lucie. I've been to a bunch of those places and it's fun going on the road too. Yeah. That Cardinal stadium. I think it's a, it's a local Roger Dean. Roger Dean. Yeah. It's a local Chevy dealer. Yeah. Yeah. He sponsors the stadium. Okay. Yeah. When, when I went John Derwin for just my, my, uh, my experience, we went the week after you were there, John, we went for the first week of games and Jupiter was one of them. We went to Port St. Lucie to go see them play the Mets. And then we saw two games, obviously, at the ballpark at West Palm Beach or the the uh, at the Palm ballpark at the Palm Beaches, I think is what it's the Astros and Nationals facility is called. Beautiful. All of them really nice facilities. I mean, these are like if you go to a Sugarland Space Cowboys game, those are the it's it's that level of stadium, if not even a little bit nicer. And so it's almost like the atmosphere, sort of a minor league ballpark atmosphere, but there's major league players sprinkled in. You know, it's almost like half the team is on a rehab assignment in the middle of July, that kind of thing. Um, so you do get to see some big leaguers. It's probably 50-50 in terms of the lineup every day. 
Um, I would suggest, John, I, and I didn't go the week you did where it was all workouts. I was there for games, but you've described the week you were there enough times now to where I'm kind of sold on wanting to go to at least a couple days. I would find the starting point for the games, which this this spring training was like the last weekend of February, like the 25th and the 26th of February that weekend. I would say if your calendar's flexible, Derwin or anybody thinking of going, go like Wednesday through Monday, that kind of like go for the last few days of the workouts and the first few days of games. And even if you go for like two or three days of games, chances are you get to experience more than one of the stadiums down there. But I like going for both, I think would be to, to get to experience a combination of what you're talking about and what I'm talking about would just be like the ultimate, you know, for like five or six days. It's the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Of the Palm Beaches, yeah, it's no so disrespect. Pretentious. It's so pretentious. It is. And one of the things I thought was interesting, you know, when it's on a massive piece of land, and you go up, there's the big stadium, the Nationals are on the right, Astros are on the left. Both of them have multiple fields. And the whole time you're with Astros, you have no clue anything's going on with the Nationals. Then when you're over at the Nationals, you have no clue anything's going on with the Astros, the Nationals, of course, have all these new young players that they've traded their veteran for, where the Astros are established. And when national media would come in, like Robert Flores or Ken uh, Rosenthal and Tim Kirkigen, they would cut uh, Ken Rosenthal and Tim Kirkigen, they would talk about the differences in the two sides because they knocked both of them out. But it's so weird. You'd think it was all belonging to the Astros. Yeah. But it's a great trip. Lots of restaurants, cheap, a lot of good deals on uh, hotels around there as well. Yeah. Florida, it's it's a pretty inexpensive place to travel to. That's the nice thing as well, uh, for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, Dave in Buffalo, John, loyal listener who's not in Houston. Guys, do you think Tom Brady will ever play again in the NFL? Is he done, John? He's done. Okay. So we got to endure a bunch of drunk Patriot fans at J.J. Watt's Hall of Fame induction. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Maybe Watt will come back a year and then retire. Yeah, maybe we can talk him into that, coming back for a few games or something like that. If they come back for a few games, that resets their Hall of Fame clock, huh? Yeah, it would be five more years. Okay, all right. Can you maybe keep Tom Brady out of the Hall of Fame, John, for an extra year? Do you think? You know you... what? That's a good idea. Well, yeah. Why don't you be the guy that ta- you be the guy, John, that gets up and argues why Tom Brady is not a first ballot Hall of Famer? I'm here for that kind of entertainment. <laughs> that would be great. Do it for Houston, John. Uh, uh, Joe Q emails in. Um, he said, "I called for it back on September 3rd. Case Keenum to the Texans." Now we just need to trade back and draft more defense and a center. We can win this division with Case at quarterback. John, that's not even a question. I just want you to react to that email. Give me a break. <laughs> you two trade. We can Case win this division. Quarterback. Case at quarterback, John. By the way, Case, we both think Case was a great move. Yes. He'll be a tremendous mentor for the rookie quarterback. Hopefully, he stays there a couple of years. And uh, then goes into coaching. Well, let, let me let me turn this into a bit of a football question then, just playing off of that. Um, in terms of this division and the winability of this division, I'm not here to pick the Texans to win the division. I was pleasantly surprised that in the odds that I saw this week, they're only seven and a half to one to win the division, as opposed to previous years where they've been 15, 20, 25 to one at this time. Um, so that was encouraging. I'm guessing a lot of that has to do with D'Amico Ryans and the, the, the future quarterback they're going to draft. 
I saw some way too early power rankings yesterday, post free agent frenzy power rankings. Um, and the Titans, the Texans, and the Colts were all in the bottom six teams in the league. The Jaguars, where do you think the Jaguars were, John, in the power rankings that I saw? Oh, probably should be around 20, but I'm guessing people love Doug Peterson, so they're putting him higher. Seven. Seven. After the 2017 season, when they almost went to the Super Bowl, everybody had them going to the Super Bowl, and they went down the toilet. Is this different, though, with they have a quarterback now, John? Now, Blake Bortles was their quarterback back then. Yeah, but they had a great defense. They yeah. had running backs. They had everything you want to take the Patriots to the limit. Uh, no, I don't see them as the seventh best team in the league. Are they the favorite to win the division this year? Oh, you get to yeah, pick the- they should be, and everybody else will battle for second and last. Yep. Uh, Dennis and Magnolia, do you guys think Carolina traded up to number one knowing exactly who they are taking? I do. I think they're going to take C.J. Stroud. So you think their mind was made up? You don't think there's a possibility? You don't think, John, that they 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 looked at it and said, uh, okay, we know we'd be glad with either of these two guys. So we're going to move up and we're going to evaluate. And we know that the number two pick wasn't available. It's the Texans. The number one pick is available because the Bears are going to move out of there. You think you think this was such a this was such a off the not off the charts, but this was such a strong move from nine up to one that you would only do that if you have conviction about one guy. That's what I believe. They're okay. saying the opposite, of course. They also Ryan Paul's the GM and the Bears said he tried to get Casario to swap places and he wouldn't do it which I think is a sign now the Panthers are trying to get Casario to swap places back and like they could take anybody and hopefully Casario doesn't buy into that. I don't think he will. I think Nick's, I think Nick's a pretty good poker player with this stuff. Um, did you, I, it sounds like, did you see Pete, Peter King's conversation with Ryan Poles? Is that what you're referring to, John? Did you see that this week? I did. What are you, what are your thoughts on Ryan Poles being so forthcoming with Peter King on who he had been talking to about that? I mean, Ryan Poles is the one that told Peter King that they were having, quote, significant discussions about training from one down to two. And my guess is, knowing Nick a little bit, that he, there's a chance he's like, hey, man, I don't sit here talking about all the failed trades that I have and put other people's business out there. That's something Casario would abhor. Is somebody talking like that the media? Just like when I heard Will Levis talk to Combine, I'm saying, now well, he's not coming to Houston and uh, talking the way he did, although he'd be great for the media. And Ryan Poles talked a lot before he made the trade about all he was going to do and all the draft picks he was going to get. He was very, very open, and that's very refreshing for the media, and i don't know what the Bears think about it, but I know Nick Casario wouldn't like it. Well, that, but that, and that's the thing. Like I, like Ryan Poles saying, "Hey, I could get a one in twenty-four and a one in 25. Yeah, he didn't say pick. could. He said he was. He, he was. Well, either way, he's not attaching a name to it. That's just that's just Ryan Poles trying to trying to stimulate the market for the number one overall pick. For him to go to Peter King and say, "Yeah, I talked to this GM and we had significant talks." I don't know, man. It feels like to me that's impacting your ability to do business with guys in the future. I wouldn't. Uh, if I were Nick, I wouldn't want Ryan Poles talking about that. Nobody would. Yeah. Okay. So that's out of bounds. So you agree with me on that? Absolutely. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Lorenzo emails in. I listen to you and Seth often in the mornings, and I listen to the podcast whenever they drop on the Apple Podcast app. Excuse me. I was just wondering 
what was yours and John's take on the report about the Bears? Well, here we go, John. This is what you and I were just talking about, about the Bears doing a double trade. I have a coworker who had been saying that this should have been what the Bears and Texans should have done all along, but he thought it would have been with the Colts. So in other words, the Bears go to four with the Colts and then further down. I always felt the Texans should have stayed at two, seeing as they really need talent on the roster, but would like to see what you all think. Thanks and keep up the great work. Are you, excuse me, John, are you surprised ultimately that the Colts stayed at four in all this? As Ryan Poles said, you know, they he, he tried with them too. And Chris Ballard uh, didn't want to give up what they wanted. Now, Casario's got 12 draft choices this year and 11 next year. And I suspect when all this is said and done, he'll have a couple extras in 2025. Uh, but um, I I kind of was surprised on Indy. Maybe Indy likes Will Levis and knows he's not going in the first two. What the Colts have to worry about is somebody trading up with Arizona. Yeah, Arizona's the new number one now, John. And even though they need Will Anderson Jr. in the worst way, they got a lot of needs. And so it wouldn't surprise me, Sean, when the draft's going, depending on how the first two go, and everybody thinks it'll be Stroud and Young or Young or Stroud, if the Colts didn't give Arizona something to swap spots. All right, let's uh, let's do a couple more here, John. Edmund Hack says, if Tillman Fertitta ends up buying the Commanders, does that end the chances of Houston getting an NHL team? Houston has no chance of getting an NHL team. And Tillman, I'm writing a column about this for gallerysports.com, where I also have my new mock draft coming in a few minutes. Uh, Tillman is in the finals, the group with Josh Harris, who owns the uh, – uh, Sixers and the Devils and made a bid for the Broncos and his partner Mitchell Rails. Now Magic Johnson may be part of that group. They're the favorites. Tillman bid $5.5 billion, which at the time was higher than the other group, and I'm guessing they're going to go anywhere from 6 to 6.5. I don't wow. know what Tillman Fertitta can afford. He's supposedly worth more than $8 billion right now, but uh, uh, he's not favored to get it. He's favored to finish second. Uh, and while you and I are doing this podcast, John, literally Adam Schefter tweeted this uh, three minutes ago. Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos has become the newest potential bidder to tour the Commander's Stadium and training facility as he seeks to buy the franchise. League sources tell Brian Windhorst and me. So well, there's, another, there's another there's another Who does he own? Is he an NBA guy? Steve Apostolopoulos. Uh, let's see here. I'm looking. I'm looking at the article right now. Uh, he says he just calls him a Canadian billionaire. Oh, okay. Uh, Apostolopoulos also recently had discussions to buy the Hornets from Michael Jordan, but is focused on the opportunity to purchase the Commanders. It sounds like he's just your garden variety billionaire that's looking to get into sports. He's the founder of Six Ventures Incorporated, a private equity venture fund. He was born in Toronto, attended Harvard, and contributes to a wide variety of philanthropic uh, organizations. You know, you have to be uh, 30% liquid, and you cannot borrow more than a billion dollars if you're buying an NFL team. But to get rid of Snyder, the league could change it. They've done it in the past and had special provisions for somebody like Bertita or this guy or Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails because they want Snyder out so bad. That's going to be a big topic of conversation 
at the league meetings next week in Arizona where I'll be because everybody wants Snyder gone so badly. And the more bidders they have, the better it is for Snyder. You should have just let Jeff Bezos buy him because he's got more than all those guys combined. But he, because Bezos owns Washington Post, he won't have anything to do with him. Mm, that's too bad.